What is going on, party people? We're back. Like the Texas Longhorns. This is the second time we're recording the yeah, intro. By somehow, the way. Anchor, uh, Anchor did a little doo-doo and accidentally fooled me into deleting our first intro. Typical Lucas passing the yes. buck. All right. Yes, absolutely. Good to be back. Uh, yeah, after a nice little hiatus, Alan and I are back. It's Gridiron Zeros. Uh, how are you? I'm good, man. It was nice to have a little bit of a uh, break here in the slower news cycle. It was nice yeah. to not have the uh, the whip being cracked when it comes to editing yes. all the shows, the thumbnails, the clips for YouTube. Little uh, little peek behind the the, the curtain here. Uh, how how the show is produced is Lucas comes over to my house, we record it. He drinks beer from my fridge. He just cracked a cold Bud Light. The show is unfortunately not sponsored by Bud Light, but he uh, he comes over, drinks my beer, we record. And then he says, you f***ing edit it, and you deal with it. And uh, then he leaves. And then I do all the rest. And I look good doing it. Here's what we're going to get into this week. Uh, we got general news. Uh, the first active NFL player comes out as gay. Uh, Stefan Gilmore is not showing up to camp. Pittsburgh line issues. Uh, and then what are we getting into? Uh, well, we're going to touch on Madden 22. Uh, the trailer came out at E3. Uh we're going to do a little, you know, a little bit of a deep dive on that trailer specifically and what we saw, but also just touch on uh, how Madden's been garbage the last couple of years and the kind of what they need to they need the to fix some things in this yes. new one. So it appears they're making an effort, but we're going to get into it. And then uh, we're going to cap the week off with uh, the Lions segment. Uh, not a whole lot coming out of Lions camp in uh, recent weeks, so we're going to kind of branch it off and talk a little bit about uh, some former Lions, including Matthew Stafford and possibly Matt Patricia. Little Jared Goff talk too potentially. Little so, Jared Goff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like Lucas said, a little light this week. So we'll uh, we'll try and entertain you. We'll get into it. Let's do it. All right, general news. Uh, what do you want to start out with? Uh, let's talk about um, let's talk about David DeCastro. Being cut from David Steelers. Castro. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers guard David Castro was released earlier this week. Two-time Pro Bowler. Two-time All Pro, pro Bowler. Guard. All yeah. Pro. Uh, very good guard. Uh, he is released after it comes out that he has to get uh, surgery on his ankle for a third time. Uh, Steelers decided they don't want to wait around anymore. They free up some cap space. And uh, they end up signing, I believe uh, his name is Try, probably butchering it, T-R-A-I, Turner. It's probably uh, just Trey. Trey. I don't know. Gosh, almighty. Why do they spell it like that? You know how Trey Young spells his name? T-R-E, like Trey? T-R-A-E. I've never, I've never heard I've that I've never way. seen anything like that. He's no. probably the only person in the world that spells it like that. Probably not, but... Yeah. Shout out Trey Young. He's lighting it up after they just got duped on by 40 <laughs> the other night. Yeah. Uh, go, go Hawks. But, um, yeah, so they, they released David Castro. They get uh, Trey Turner. We're just going to start calling him Trey. Okay. Fine. I like that. Uh, they get Trey Turner in, re in return. So I actually I had no idea who Trey Turner was uh, up until I read this ESPN article. He's been in the league since 2013. 
Okay. Uh, he was originally drafted by the Carolina Panthers. He went to a Pro Bowl in the first five out of six years of his career. And he was a free agent just down the street right now? No. So uh, They traded for him. I think he signed a pretty, pretty decent extension with Carolina, and then uh, he got traded to – uh la chargers uh i believe in between uh the sorry he got traded in the 2020 offseason yeah uh and then i believe the chargers cut him and the Steelers just signed him uh the chargers also strike me as one of those teams who've had a uh dog dookie offensive line for a couple years too it hasn't I don't know. been great i don't know if it's been dog dookie this, not like the Steelers are now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, th- their offensive line. I think I think the worst offensive line right now in the league is probably Cincy. Oh yeah. When you, when your big splash move is bringing in Riley, Riley. Reef, um, yeah. that's that's a horrible red flag. Yeah, pumpkinhead. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess from Pittsburgh's perspective here, it's it's a huge change. I mean, like they they lose their center Mike Pouncey, right? Yeah. He's he's gone after a long career there. He's also been a pro bowler a couple times. And then we, we see DeCastro leave now too. And uh, I mean, I don't know what they're, they're expecting to happen here. I mean, big Ben is nearly 40 years old and definitely injury injury prone at this point. So like, why are they stripping away the pieces there? Couldn't, couldn't they really, save cap room in other spots? It I feel really like. seems like they're grasping at straws here in hopes to make another run. But how can you do that when you're planning on – I assume running the Rock is going to be a huge part of their game because they have mm-hmm. Najee Harris now, and that's – when the Steelers have been dominant, like the Lev Bell years, a couple years ago, that's that true. ground attack's a huge part of it. And you got to protect Big Ben because your backups are Dwayne Haskins and, you know – Yeah, not I, good. Mason Rudolph. Right. Um, no, I totally agree with all that. Uh, I don't think that their plan is going to be run the Rock. You really don't? No, I don't. I think that they're going to let Ben sling it. The dude is, I mean, I understand elbow surgery and all that. You got to remember it's Big Ben, you know. He's he's going to feel like he, he's going to say that he's 100% by the time the season starts. And then by like week 2, he's going to be in a boot with a sling on him. You remember when um the year that the Broncos won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning that he yeah. like could barely throw a ball and like he was throwing much of like no he had a sensational season that year. the season before he had a sensational season like they got they got to the super the first year he got there they lost to the ravens in the afc championship ravens go on to win the super bowl the second year that he's there they get to the super bowl and they play seattle and they get destroyed and the last year that he was there they did get the super bowl and beat the panthers but that last season he got benched for brock osweiler at a point because he was so terrible throwing the ball the reason I bring it up is because is I really what happened. Yeah, man. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, they they went to Brock really Osweiler during the season, and then they went back to to Manning. I think it was like a late season or during the playoffs. Went back to Manning, but the reason I bring it up is because we're in a we're in a time right now. Where we're watching a lot of like older QBs, kind of like they're keep great. They're keeping on playing great. You know, we see like even Breeze he was struggling down the stretch, but he still played pretty well. And like I mean, let him to. What second round of the playoffs? Yeah, yeah. Rodgers is still out. He just won an MVP. Brady's playing great. Like, but Big Ben for me, I feel like I look he's at him. So many injuries, dude. That body is destroyed. Yeah, he's the guy I look at, and I I see more of the Peyton Manning trajectory where we're just going to start one year and he's still playing. 
and he just falls off. He just like doesn't have it. they, they, I think it was even like a decision to be made to if he was going to be back this year. I think that they like they only they, I think it was up in the air a little bit. Yeah, they didn't really know if they wanted to, and I guess they ended up doing it. Uh, I, I don't know this stripping away these key pieces like this. I mean, my essential question isn't there another spot in this roster that could have just been like we need eight million dollars in cap room? Can we release Joe Hayden or someone you know that's like? Not as crucial, I guess. I, the surgeries maybe one thing I, I didn't know, know that angle to it with him, but yeah, I don't know because you lost a couple. I think they lost. Maybe they only lost Bud Dupree. I can't remember exactly who they lost on defense. I know for a fact it was Bud Dupree who left and went to Tennessee. Um, so I don't know how many more pieces you can leave on that defense, or you can, uh, yeah, how many more pieces you can let go on that defense. Imagine this, dude. They really you also could... have Minka Fitzpatrick. And I believe that his contract's coming to an end pretty quickly. So you're going to want to sign him. Yeah, they gave up a first rounder for him. So they definitely want to bring him back. Um, And it's been worth it. He's been really good for them. Yeah. But, like, you know what, man? I'm just thinking about they could have really, I guess they really are trying to patch this up and make a run because, like, they could have, they could have let this thing start to, like, get into the rebuild because they didn't have to bring Big, Big Ben back. They didn't have to bring Juju back. They could have moved on for some of these linemen and saved cap room. Like, they could have let Bud Dupree walk still. And, like, you know, all, all this stuff, like, they could have just really just been like, all right, we're starting now. We're starting the rebuild now. They went t- they, they went 10 and 0 last year. I know. They, I was about they, to say, like, it wouldn't make that it wouldn't make any sense for them to start a rebuild at this point because they they went 10 and 0. They won their division, I'm pretty sure. They had a really, really, really bad playoff game. Yeah. And that's where it started to like I really feel like those last couple of weeks it started to show. Like a lot of people said, you know, ten and zero was like a false ten and zero. Yeah, you know, like it was like the worst ten and zero team of all time. I, yeah, um, I remember hearing that. Which, yeah, I mean, I can totally see where they're coming from, but uh, at the same time, it just it wouldn't make sense to be like, oh well, time to get rid of Ben, time to strip this thing down, sell for what it's worth. Well, we'll see where it goes. I guess. Yeah, I guess we will. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about another defensive player uh, that. He's currently holding out, not well, showing up it, to mandatory mini camps. I mean, it wouldn't be another defensive player because DeCastro has an offensive oh, right, lineman. Right, right, but... right, right. We were just so focused on Pittsburgh's defense there for a second. No worries. Uh, let's let's get into Stefan Gilmore here. Yeah, Stefan Gilmore, the uh, 2019 Defensive Player of the Year, mm-hmm. uh, is currently holding out uh, and not showing up to the mandatory New England Patriots mini camp. Um, I saw that if you skip three days on the third day, you're fined $45,000. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so on the first day, you're fined 15. Second day, 31. Third day, 46. A total of $93,000. Imagine losing a hundred grand in three days. I mean, it's probably nothing for him. I know. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. and not be financially worried about it. For for me, it would it would bankrupt me it to would, my core, and I would yeah. be in crippling debt for yes. yeah yeah a like long a long time. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's to Gilmore. He's like, eh, well, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I think it's uh, interesting, man. He he's uh he's like he's definitely getting towards the age of back half of career he is but he's also still a darn good corner he's maybe not as good as he was when he was defensive player of the year but he's still a number one corner no it's gonna doubt. be super interesting to see what they do he turns 31 in september mm-hmm. so realistically how many years on a contract are you willing to give him 
If I were the Patriots, I'd say here's a two year deal. Two years. And I'd, and I'd have the front one where that's where he's going to get the most of his money. And the second one kind of just be like, we if we got to cut him, we can cut him. And it's not going to hurt us. I was going to say four. I feel four like years? To get him to 35. Yeah. Wow. I've obviously, like you said, front load the contract. So yeah. If, if, you know, year three comes around, he's not performing, you can cut him. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it. this is why Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick. He knows what to do with these guys. You know, in, in defense of Gilmore, he's getting a base salary of $7 million in 2021, mm-hmm. which I mean, like for the defensive player of the year, two years ago, and one of the best corners in the NFL, that is pretty darn low. Yeah. I guess for him, it's, it's like, I got to cash in now. Yeah. Like this is my but moment to do is, that. So this is honestly his last chance to do it. Well, let's throw a scenario out here, right? He let's say the Patriots just want to pass on the whole thing. They're they're like we're not going to overpay a guy that we see his his prime window is behind him, kind of thing. And maybe it's not. Maybe he's still got a lot of great football to play. But yeah. let's say that they want to just move on from him and they trade him somewhere. Uh, number one, who fits? And number two, if he does get traded, is it a situation where a team would trade like? a third round pick for him and then they aim to resign him to a deal like you're talking about, or is it like, Hey, we, we just need a guy to fill in our corner position this year. And like, we'll see I where think, it goes. I think if you trade for him, you have the intention, like you're talking to him beforehand being like, are you going to sign with us? If we trade for you, is that, is that loud? Is that tampering or like, is that even I allowed? I have no idea. They'll figure out a way like around it. Has it. To be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It has to be a thing. Cause like teams, so rarely it happens in the or uh, the NBA every once in a while, but not really. I feel like not really in the NFL. Like if you're getting traded to a team, the team is like 99% sure that they're going to resign with you as well. Anyone that comes to mind that's like they would be a good fit for him? I could see Arizona doing it. Mm-hmm. And and since I feel like they're having the intentions of trading and signing him. I feel like they're going to give up more than a third round draft pick. Like I could see, I well, Julio was only traded for a Two. second round, but he had that massive contract. Yeah. So uh, Gilmore, really, you're not taking on much. Tough so, place for him to go if he was to go there because he's going to the best division in the yeah. NFL, arguably. So, but like, be... that seems like something Arizona would do. I could see Chicago doing it. Um, yeah, because they, they got rid of Fuller. They right? got rid of Fuller, so and, and Pace is all in. So I could see them sending a first round draft. Man, maybe, maybe Denver shouldn't have jumped the gun and traded for Fuller when they could have waited for a couple more well, months. They signed to gotten... Fuller. They didn't trade for him. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. he's a free agent, and got they it. just took Patrick Sertain, right? Yeah, That's but imagine Sertain and Gilmore together. I mean, that would have been a pretty good that combo. Would have been a pretty good combo. Fuller's good too, though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have anyone that jumps out to me. I think those all are, are pretty good options. I, I think. Uh, I could see Dallas trading for him. I think New England's worse off if yeah, that'd be a good fit too, Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think New England's worse off if they get rid of him. I mean, I guess he can continue to hold out until like a certain point, right? And then he just kind of has to stick with his deal, and they have, he has to play, otherwise he loses like a lot of money, right? It's kind of where well, we're I at. mean, like I, I don't know because I assume he loses the seven million. If he holds out the entire year, I assume he just doesn't get his check. Yeah. yeah, he probably gets slammed with fines too, though. And then I was gonna say he probably gets tacked on yeah. a lot of fines. Yeah, if you sit out the entire season, like that would be kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what they're gonna do with them. There are trade rumors swirling around. Um, if if I'm, I feel like 
if the Patriots trade him, it's because Bill Belichick's like, we don't not, need the drama. We're not going to resign you and waste up cap space. Yeah, that too. Yeah, I so. I think I think it go either way at this point. I don't I don't feel too strongly one way or the other. I think he could stay. I think he could trade him. I don't think there's one direction that feels stronger to me right now. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think I th- I, I kind of like the idea that you had. I, I could see a two year deal where he gets you know, eighteen mil a year maybe. Yeah, right. Something like that. Right. Um. All right. Let's uh let's move on to the next story. Uh, the NFL has approved a plan in which teams can wear ultimate alternate helmets with their throwback uniforms starting in twenty twenty two. Uniforms uh, too. I do not know. Oh, I mean, we have alternate colored uniforms already. Yeah. So I'd assume it just goes. The helmets are just okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the use of a second helmet was dropped in 2013 over concerns that wearing more than one helmet might not be safe for the players. Don't understand that at all. What? (laughs) Don't understand that at all. It's the same helmet, just a different color. Yeah. Like. Okay. Make that make sense. Um, But I guess the concerns have dropped. Clubs started lobbying, uh, lobbying for it. Um, I guess all options for alternate jerseys were expanded in 2018. Uh, so now they can finally start doing uh, alternative helmets in 2019 or 2022. I am a thousand percent for it. I, I love it. I, I cannot wait. Fun. I really want to see some old throwback stuff come back. I love the uh, I love the Patriots throwback all white helmet with like the Patriot guy on there. I love the Bucks creamsicle. Helmet, all the Eagles old helmet. There's so many good the ones they can bring back. Is iconic. Yeah, that one's really good. There's the Chargers old helmet. That's a good one too. There's a lot of there's a lot of teams like you know like Cleveland. Like it's it's the same pretty much. I was going to say I feel like this should also open the door for teams to get creative with the boring ass old helmets. Well, does this necessarily mean that it's like they can have, you know, they can have throwback helmets, but like does it mean that they also have leeway to like make new? Helmets? Uh, so th- the only thing it says is that teams can wear alternate helmets with their throwback uniforms. Okay. So I don't know if that means that they can just get a little bit wild with it yeah. and have a second option for a helmet on your main uniform. It'd be really dope if, uh, really nice or their yeah. alternative uniforms. Cause mm-hmm. I mean like teams have those. Yeah. I was just going to say if, if they kind of like, uh, they could really do something crazy with color rush. Like they could like yeah. really make the helmet stand out as well. Have that be kind of different than than the, the normal could helmets. Do something so completely different. The Bears, the Packers. Imagine the Bengals with like a white tiger stripe yeah. helmet or something the like Lions, that. The Lions, dude. Like yeah. I saw our cousin Jake sent me a, a video of TJ Hawkinson autographing helmets, and there was a ton of helmets, and they had you know obviously the current Lions helmet, but they also had these like matte black helmets. With like yeah, a I've blue seen those. outline of the line, and then matte white with like a black stripe and a black outline of the line, and it's like, dude, that would be so awesome if we could actually wear those. I would love to see a, a design for the lines I've fallen in love with pretty recently. Is that one? Um, I think it's from the seventies, where it's like the really like skinny long line with like the two lines behind it like it was on their helmet for a long time i'd love to see something like that come back like that would be really cool or like the 90s look like the powder blue jerseys with like just like the old lions logo like i'd love to see some throwback stuff the lions have really uh since we've gotten the like the the updated logo like of the line actual lion illustration like they haven't really dabbled much into like throwback stuff besides the turkey day jerseys which are just it's just a silver helmet and there's not any not any like crazy stuff going on there. I think the the most out of the box we've gotten with it is the color rush jerseys, and those are just straight up Honolulu blue all the way up. 
Well, we got those, but the color rush jerseys are also the um the the all gray. Oh yeah, ones yeah, too. that's what it was. Yeah. It was all gray. It wasn't all. Yeah, there's a blue Which out is one, so but lame. Yeah, definitely. It should have been all Honolulu blue or all white. Plus, these jerseys now just make me think of this putrid era that we just went through of Lions yeah. football, and I just like I desperately want something to change there. So yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. But uh, I think it's going to be really exciting. I love the idea that they're finally allowing teams to get a little bit outside of their normal branding, loosening up a little bit. Yeah, it's fun. It's I mean, cool. Like you look at the NBA. The NBA does it so right. They have so many different jerseys that they can go to, and they uh, allow teams to like wear it whenever they want. Yeah, man, I think I think I'm kind of on the other side of the fence on that one. I think the NBA has too many jerseys. I think the NFL mm. doesn't have any like enough, and the NBA has way too much. They need to kind of like find like a like middle four ground. Four jerseys that they can go to on a nightly basis, and that's not including the throwbacks. I uh, I think the NHL has been doing it right with the um with the reverse retros that came out this year. It's just like it's one alternate look, but it's like yeah. a it's just like a drastic departure in some cases, and it looks like yeah really fun and creative like that's really cool they i like, I like that. that that's i think like that should be just be standard and then, you know what it should change like every two years yeah that'd be cool they should just keep refreshing it and like just get creative with it because it just gets so boring when you keep looking at the same jerseys every sunday the league has been really strict about this yeah. stuff for a while i feel like and i like i don't i don't get it you could say that it's like they got to stick with like their branding but like and I guess I'm thinking of it from like somebody who's been watching NFL their entire life. Like just because I see the Jets wearing all black uniforms, it's not like I'm not going to know it's the Jets. Right. You right. Know? Like I know what teams I'm going to be watching. You're not going to forget the Kansas City Arrowhead logo. Yeah. You're never going to forget that. Like it, like it is what it is. Just like let them have some fun with it. Couldn't agree more. Uh, finally, our last story, uh, we get into uh, – Honestly, some very monumental stuff here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Carl, what was it, Nassib? Carl Nassib. 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 Carl Nassib is, uh, I believe, the first active NFL player to come out as gay mm-hmm. ever. Yeah, I mean, everyone jumps to um, Michael Sam, obviously, a couple years ago. Oh, was drafted right. by, the, by the Rams, but he never he never made, like, an active roster. And, like, he was yeah. not, like, a regular rotational player like Carl Nassib is not like a superstar in the NFL but he definitely gets he's, like I, I think he's a starter on that line he is he, yeah. he gets a lot of like reps he and like a he's a he's a starter time. for sure yeah. so and he's not bad he's not no great, definitely not. not bad he's just what kind of those like middle tier guys you yeah. know it, it's funny I think the thing that people know him for is that clip of him at uh during the Browns um Hard knocks. Hard knocks yeah where he's like giving them financial advice that just doesn't make any sense whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> that was a good season. I like that one. That was a good season. You know what? Uh, fun story, actually. I, I saw when the Browns run hard knocks, they played a preseason game in Detroit, and I went to that game, and I saw the hard knocks crew like walking around Ford Field like getting a bunch oh, of really? flavor. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> Anywho, uh, yeah, Carl Nassau coming out is um, obviously a huge, huge deal. Uh, we on the Gridiron Zeros podcast are 100% supportive of it. Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. So proud of the guy. Like, really – Really brave of him to step up like that it and is. and really start you know real change in the NFL yeah. and who knows maybe we'll see some more guys following his footsteps. I was going to say because you know you think about the statistics, there has to be more than one. For sure, for, for sure, sure. You know, and so now you know now that the doors open. You really have to start thinking about who else 
might be affected by that in a positive light where they're now feeling comfortable to walk through that same door and, and you know, really show the truest version of themselves. Football is kind of a, a scary sport to do this in, I feel like, too, just because, like, it is th- there's, you know, a football locker room. It's not exactly the, like, the prime picture of, like... It's hyper-masculine. Exa- right, exactly. So yeah. it's it's something that, in comparison to almost any other sport, I think it takes a lot of guts to come it out does. and do this. And it, it affects... It could affect the way guys see him and perceive him oh, for, yeah. for the rest of his career. And Absolutely. I think a lot How of players they act towards him, what they do in that locker room. Yeah. You know, it's going to be interesting. Um, but I think it's, I think it's a great move. Uh, it, it's kind of hype that uh, it happens during pride month. Cause you know, like that just amplifies it that much more. Oh, the NFL was eating it up. Yeah, <laughs> they, they were, they were reposting a bunch it's, of stuff you know, for like two days. The corporations obviously are all jumping on the bandwagon. Oh yeah. Being like, Hey, we support you guys buy our shit. Yeah. This is the last, uh, last show. I think we're recording in June. So by the time, uh, the next show comes out pride month, we'd be over. And I have a feeling we'll stop seeing a lot of, uh, <laughs> targeted all, pride ads and all this stuff all the time. All the Twitter logos are going to be changing back. Oh yeah. So yeah, uh, but I I think uh, you know not even not even just the NFL because I mean you think about it there's no openly openly gay people in um, the NBA the uh, the NHL at least I don't think there is in the NHL or the NBA. I don't think so either yeah I thought I saw something saying that there is a player who's active in the NFL who came out as bisexual um, a couple years ago like maybe like two years ago. And I don't know. It's just not the first like openly gay player. It's a little, a little different. I'll have to, I'll have to source mm-hmm. that, but interesting. And I also think just to mention like the Raiders too, that's his, his current team. They, uh, they have made it pretty clear that they're like, they're on his side for sure. And like, they're, they're supportive of, of him I mean, and could all you this imagine stuff. If they didn't, I don't know, man. I mean, this is all uncharted waters. We, we don't know. I mean, John Gruden's their head coach. The guy is like, what? in his 60s and has been in the NFL for a long time. I mean, these guys who've been around forever, this is an old team. They have old management, like I, I, traditional. I know, you, like, you never know. I mean, there could be – They could they could very well stupidly say something insensitive. Yeah, definitely. 100%. And they didn't. So, out, they're not going to come out and be like, we don't stand for this, we're cutting it. Because, I mean, like they would be – pounded into oblivion on the internet i mean maybe the houston texans would do that since they're run by a pastor uh, <laughs> you never know, know. Yeah. <laughs> but no but classy move on the raiders that uh, seems like uh i think everyone from their organization or like the main talking heads yeah. in the organization all spoke about it and i know gruden spoke about it and uh, they all came off pretty genuine and like it supportive so. stupidly say something insensitive. exactly right which is props to them so good for you carl we uh, we support you here on the uh, great irons years podcast yeah, I know. Avid listener. 100%. Carl Nassif. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving into our second segment of the week, we're going to be talking about uh, my favorite childhood game. I, I don't know. Would you say that it's yours? Um, no, but it's it's top it's up there. three. Yeah. Definitely, for sure. Yeah. I, I'm... I'm a slappy for a lot of the Nintendo games, so that's those kind of rank higher for me. But Madden yeah. definitely has a special place in my heart, no doubt. Yeah, so Madden uh, 22, right? Yeah. yeah. I haven't bought the last two. 
um, what the trailer was released this past week. Uh, we also got the cover athletes. Uh, let's start there real quick because I have a bone to pick with this. I got a bone to pick with almost everything on this okay. reveal, to be honest. Fantastic. So, yeah. so um, the teaser trailer comes out and it opens up in a barn and two goats walk out. And then you get a clip of Peyton Hillis. Uh, Which was weird. That was weird. I don't know why they did that. I don't know why out of everybody they said, let's bring back Peyton Hillis. I think the they, most forgettable Madden cover athlete of all time. I think they bugged his lower third where it has his name, Peyton Hillis. I think they bugged his name saying, like, former Madden cover athlete. Yeah, like, just so to. you didn't forget. The guy had one good season. You don't forget who well, Calvin Johnson is. You don't forget who Tom Brady is. It, you forget who made, Peyton Hillis is. zero sense, right? And it has nothing to do with 22. Like, well, he was he on, he was he on 12? Yeah, I so it's ten years. Maybe, okay, they didn't. Okay, ten year anniversary of him. Whatever. Okay. Whatever. The bone that I had to pick with it is it comes out that the two cover athletes for this uh, this game is Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, relating that back to the two goats in the barn, Tom Brady absolutely. 100% the GOAT, the GOAT of football. I don't think that you can argue that at this point. He's the greatest of all time. He's the greatest player to ever play the game. I don't see where they're coming from where you can start throwing Patrick Mahomes into that conversation. I don't know if they're doing like current GOAT and maybe future GOAT, but to relate him to the greatest of all time after he's had four good seasons – I don't know. One Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Yeah, one Super Bowl. Two two appearances, but two appearances, one Super Bowl, one MVP. I don't understand where they think they're coming from where you can start throwing. I guess, you know, they're just appealing to this Gen Z who just goes absolutely bananas for him. Well, you know they're appealing to Gen Z because they used a fucking TikTok song as the trailer That's song, true. which that, that was my bone. That's one of my bones. To <laughs> pick. So I completely it was so stupid. That. Uh, that that is so true. I love TikTok. That's not my problem. I I my problem TikTok is like when corporate EA is like, "Hey, look at we're, us. We're hip. We we're get hip. it." <laughs> Here's Peyton Hills. Here's TikTok. Yeah, you know what? That just. That just goes it feels against, slimy. It feels, I don't that know. just goes against their Gen Z marketing scheme. Yeah. Nobody from Gen Z knows who Peyton Hillis is. Exactly. Or what he did. And it has know? no relevance to the game. It has nothing to do with it. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's so stupid. But so. well, okay, as far as the as far as the Patrick Mahomes thing, I I, I guess I kind of agree. I, I think that they're if we look at Patrick Mahomes right now, he is on pace to be better than Brady. I, okay, I yeah, think I agree with that. He's on pace to be. He's got one, two appearances, once in bowl. It's like a. It's seven like seven and eleven appearances. I think so, but he's he's got a. Uh, he, it's it's like a Jordan Lebron kind so. of thing. Yeah. That's how I kind of look at it. So I can yeah, I, I can I don't agree with it, but I can give it a hall pass on that. I more so have a problem with the TikTok song. I have a problem with the fact that both of them have already been on the cover of Madden. Oh, that's so true. They both had their own covers already. I totally forgot that Mahomes was on it. He's he, on twenty. He was 20. on uh, 20, and Brady was on, I think, 19 18. or 18. 19 was Antonio. Okay, so so 18. <laughs> That's incredible, right? Uh, so that was stupid. I didn't like yeah. that. And the uh, just going further into the trailer itself, um, 
I know we're on next gen consoles now. We're on Xbox Series S and X, and we're mm. on PS5. Um, the graphics didn't look substantially better to me. They they looked like they put some effort into like the uh, the crowd not looking like a Nintendo <laughs> GameCube graphic as much anymore. Um, awesome, but like the gameplay looked. I'm I'm playing Madden from two. I'm playing Madden twenty still yeah. with Mahomes in the cover. I'm still playing that one because I I'm not bought anything past that. I got it on sale. It looks the same on my PS4. Can I uh, can I throw something out there? I think graphics in video games you hit a plateau uh, have peaked at this point. I don't. You you don't think that they you think that they not are with this better? not with this bum ass. Are you kidding me? If, if Madden has not peaked with graphics, they could do they could do better. I'm saying graphics in general. Um, 4K is is pretty much like the point. I feel like that our eyes can even perceive detail. I think I've heard yeah. that before. So like it's as much as we can actually take in. Uh, so yeah, in in that sense, I think we're reaching the plateau. I think things are still maybe like like improving. Just like maybe lighting is improving. Maybe like textures are improving. Maybe like more details are improving. Like that kind of stuff. But like yeah. as far as like realism, like yeah, we're definitely getting to a point where. Things are like kind of starting to get plateau, but that you know the, the graphics fine. I mean, I, I guess it's not the end of the end of the world. It just when I saw the trailer, I just was like, oh, here's another Madden game where they're trying to be like cool. Look, look at us, Gen Z, go buy our game. Like the, we like, incorporated twelve new TikTok dances into your touchdown celebration, and then they that trailer they didn't release anything else. They just were like more to come on franchise because that's what everyone was pissed off about. This is probably a good segue. Last year's Madden, Madden 21 with Lamar Jackson on the cover was the lowest reviewed Madden game in the history of the series. One of the lowest reviewed video games of all time. IGN's, I think it was at the bottom of IGN's scores of any game for a good chunk of time. I mean, this game was, was, that ridiculed by ridicule. Uh, I mean, by critics, but more so by fans. And it's not because like the game was like unplayable, and there were you know a ton of like that cut, like kind of issues going on. It was the fact that they put some new skin on like the same game from two years ago and re-released it, and they added a new microtransaction-based game mode, and that was yeah. the only thing that they added. And uh, it, it's really been, I feel like. You know, I haven't played anything since Madden 19. I played a little bit of Madden 20, and I've shared this story with you. But I played one game with the Lions versus the Chargers in franchise mode, and uh, Derwin James caused four fumbles within the first quarter. So I immediately deleted the game off my system out of frustration. Um, It feels like this game has just been a reskin of the previous year since 2012 2011 well uh, no because I, I probably a little later than that because they they were on like the, on like the Xbox 360 PS3 days like they I know they were incorporating a new engine for their you know for the game and like they had kind of been making some improvements visually and presentation wise, but they were ripping the guts out of things like franchise mode. They were kind of like dumbing that stuff down and focusing more on ultimate team, which is a whole nother can of worms. Uh, I mean, that's really what caused the whole downfall of the game. Yeah. The focus on that as the primary game mode. Right. And for people who don't know, ultimate team is uh, 
their micro transaction based portion of the game where you can create your own team by collecting uh cards it's it's like uh you know trading cards uh and to get these cards uh you can work for them or you can pay for them and so the gen zers uh take their mother's credit card mm-hmm. and then just load up on microtransactions in this game and that's how they found a whole new revenue source and is even more profitable profitable than the game itself and you might be saying to yourself uh well well gee alan lucas games are doing this all the time now fortnite has is doing this star wars battlefront 2 did it like games do this every day now but madden has been doing it for about 10 years they were pioneers with this thing they They were were. ultimate team was like they had this thing going a while ago and uh, i really when xbox live on the 360 and like ps3 online like really kicked off like that's when you notice that drastic shift, I, I think as far as reskinning the game, like you had said, oh, I, th- I just want to do one, one okay. quick okay. little point on that too. The difference between what Fortnite and like what Warzone and all those other games are doing is that they put out new content that people want to buy, whereas Madden basically just releases the same thing every year. Like ultimate team, like it changes a little bit here and there, but for the most part, the microtransaction is you are paying for these cards. You know, like it, it just it's the same exact thing year after year. Uh, for the, I would say the last five or six games, it has yeah. been a roster update, new uniform update. If the team is in a new uniform or a new stadium, they haven't changed the commentators in forever. It's, it's been the same guys forever now. The uh, and it's not good commentary, by the way. It's not no, good. I hate those two. It's actually probably some of the worst in the series, yeah. uh, in my opinion. Bring back Gus Johnson. Hell yeah, that'd be dope. Loud. I would love that. But um, you know what? One of the funniest Reddit posts I've ever seen is when somebody took and they did it screen by screen shot of what happens when you win the Super Bowl in franchise <laughs> mode. It's from, so bad. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21. Six games. It is a shot by shot, the same exact thing through all six games, except for the last one where it doesn't show Super Bowl champions at the end. Yeah, they got rid of it. They got rid of it. They, you know what else they got rid of? They got rid of, I think it was in 20 because I, I'm still playing that one. They used to have like the jets flying over like the stadium, like during the anthem and stuff. They got rid of all that. Yeah. All the, all that Super Bowl. Continuously stripping it out. It feels like another just regular franchise game. Yeah. Except there's this trophy at the end and a little bit of confetti. And that's, that's it. That's the only change. Same exact celebration as you've been doing for the past six years. You can win the Super Bowl um, eight years in a row in franchise and your players will do the same stupid handshake. Exact animations it's they so don't stupid. change it and like i like i work in an animation field like in my real job like my day job and you know you can make three to four preset animations where you just change a couple of things and it's three to four different scenarios they have a whole st- i could do that with things yeah. like they have a whole studio of programmers and this game is one of the most profitable franchises on like the planet of earth probably yeah. when it comes to video games 100%. and it it's it's just it's it's been laziness for so long. This trailer, like I I know that it seems like they're maybe with franchise trying to make more of an effort there, and that that is the one prop I will give this new game is like at least they're b- by force because of last year's game 
they're being forced to put more resources into franchise. And those those improvements, they did a kind of a breakdown of of some of the new features in it. And they said that they're going to continue to push new updates for that as the season goes. They introduced like coordinators and like yeah, a lot yeah. of that stuff. So I think like the major ones that they've announced so far is that you now have a skill tree for your head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and I believe trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, like training staff. Training staff. Um, player development is what it gets down to. Um, NCAA 14 had that in their game. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. They had skill trees for your head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. So um, that's a step in the right direction. EA made that too. So I, I, but, I, I'm going to promise that they're going to have ripped some of those assets and just repurpose probably. them and then reskin them. And that's the same tree. Oh my God. I will die if they do that. I, I, I'm, I would put money on it. Yeah. That, that was what they're going to do. Um, they fully updated the scouting, which actually looks very in depth. Um, you can whittle it all the way down to like regions and all that sort of stuff. So like the scouting is a lot different from how it's been in the past. Uh, I will say though, that the player, um, they, I watched that part of the scouting and they showed some, some like sample auto generated players. And I think the photos for the players are those exact same, but ugly models <laughs> that they've had for like years. And the names are like, like just on, un- I would not be shocked if they have the same exact faces, these, these computer generated faces that they've had in there for a decade, <laughs> for a decade, for a decade. And, and you'll have like, you'll have like a guy who's like the number one prospect and he's like a quarterback. He's like some skinny white dude. His name will be like Scott Martinez. And it's oh like, it makes God. no sense. Yeah. And it's yeah. still there. It's like, still looks the same from some that of, dude. Some of the names that you get out of that. Oh, they're horrible. They're, so, they're so bad. bad. It's so bad. I've had so I've had ones that are so bad that I can't even take it. I change it. I've had guys <laughs> that have that have been such terrible names that I change the name of yeah. the guy. I'm like, this is so bad. I can't so do stupid. it. Um, but yeah, the scouting does look like there's there's definitely some extra resources put in. A huge overhaul, which is nice. And then um, I think the other big one that's come out is that home field advantage actually means something now. So, that's cool too. I like that. Um, much like how players have had an X factor, if your home stadium is one that gets loud on weekends, then your home stadium will have some sort of X factor as well. That's cool. I also saw that there's a there was like a thing where you can have players kind of like get on hot streaks through the season, and it kind of like mm-hmm. influences how they like like grow and develop yeah. as, as players with experience and stuff. Which I think yeah. I think that's kind of new because you've always been able to like. You could have Russell Wilson throw nine touchdown passes a game, and it would always just be standard development. It would not be like, oh, he's really been balling out. He really gets more experience. Like, I don't think that's ever been. I think. Um, I think they're introducing some sort of aspect where you start to get more realistic, like storylines with players too. Can't I saw that exactly. They had they had like they had like a clip of like Cliff Kingsbury like answering media questions, and like if you're a coach, like you're doing that stuff now, yeah. I guess. And oh, I. Man, I can't wait to see some great, great stuff generated oh, there. God. Because, like, remember when they tried yeah, a couple years ago bad. to do like the QB, like you know, road to glory kind of mode, you know, where it was like, back. oh, really? Yeah, face of the franchise. Yeah, that that. Yes. and those storylines, those, those were so bad. They're they're horrible. Horrible. But to be fair, those are horrible in almost every single game. The like in, the in graphics, terms of sports. The okay, sports game. But two K, 
makes much more of an effort when it comes to the presentation of it and the realism of like Twitter, the realism of the questions of the things that your player would be asked. You can make them look crazy looking and it's funny, but like Madden, it's just bad on every level. It is. All the questions are like, are like, so they're not even generic. They're worse than generic. Yeah. The the player models, like of people you're talking to, you're like, I remember there's this one part and like the, the road to glory. I keep saying road to glory, but the face of the franchise mode mm-hmm. where you're like in college and you're talking to like this kid who's like your number one fan or some shit. And like the kid looks so derpy and it's like, <laughs> you're supposed to be like talking to like this kid, like it's so inspirational, but like yeah, they look, punch him right the they face. look terrible. Yeah. They look like N64 graphics. It's so, it's so bad. The other cool thing about, well, I guess I can't really say it's cool. It's, it's nice that they've expanded it out, but that now allows you to play running back, wide receiver, quarterback, or linebacker. Oh, in the face of the in franchise the face mode. Of the franchise. Whereas cool. before I think just QB. the first two times it was just QB. That that's cool. I like yeah. that. Sure. You know what you brought up, you made me start thinking about it, and I've just been playing this game so much recently that I can really talk to it. But I have been playing NBA 2K21 um for like the past month very heavily it's like the only game i play now also not a perfect game but a vastly better game immensely better yeah when you think about the detail they have had in their uh my league mode they have had uh the ability to hire and fire your cfo your assistant gm your head coach your assistant coach your um trainer and your scout for multiple years now their trading system it absolutely beats the living piss out of maddens you can literally just select a player on your team and you can see all the different offers that you can get for them you can go to another team select that player see all the things that they would be willing to take from you for that player mm-hmm. um the social media aspect is a lot better the idea that, you know, like the relocation and setting up, um, you know, different teams uh, is immensely better. You think about it, you go on to Madden and you like want to create a new team. You want to expand the league or you want to relocate another team. Can you do, um, can you go on to like a community hub where people upload artwork? And No. 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 You, you, you just made my stomach like curl because like I just... I, I I remember when you want to do that, let's say you want to be an expansion team and you want to go to London. Yeah. You get like two or three preset options yeah. and they look like dog shit and the names are terrible and the uniforms. Are oh horrendous. my God. When you pick one of those teams and you play those uniforms, they are, they're worse than high school football uniforms. Yeah. They are so butt ugly. Absolutely. It's crazy. 2K, they are so far advanced that you can download full custom like teams where you get the arena, you get the branding, you get the jerseys, you get, uh, I, I can't remember what else, but that's it, it's just, it's so, so, so much more advanced than that. And it's absurd. That's really sick. So oh we're God. always pulling for 2k to somehow get the rights to that game. Yeah, that, that would be, well, I, I don't know what the contract situation is, but yeah, that would, that would be such it. a dream to have them making a, making a game. Look, on the whole, I mean, I I play I play a lot of Madden. Like yeah. I I play it a, a couple hours a week for sure. I play it like 3 to 4 hours a week, I'd say. I have a franchise going most of the time and I'll just jump off, do new ones, etc. Mm-hmm. 
we've done online franchises together. We've yeah. played each other head to head. Like I've been playing it for a long time and I probably will continue to do so. I haven't bought a new game in two years or yeah, two years. I, I guess it's encouraging to see that they are, are trying by force again, need to reiterate. Yeah, it is. 100% they are being forced force. to do this. Yes. Uh, that they're going to expand franchise mode because that's the game when I play the most, but everything else made me either irritated or I was just like, it looks the same. Yeah. And that's just what they've been doing now for, for six plus years, probably. They've been doing the same game. So I'm probably not going to buy this one either. I'm not going to buy it until I can get it for dirt cheap at GameStop. I can get it for five bucks at GameStop where it's on sale on PlayStation Store. And I can get it for cheap or I get it for a gift or something. But I'm not going to go spend $60 on this game. No, totally fair. Yeah. And, and I promise you the reviews are going to be, they're going to be, they're going to buy out good I feel like reviews. It's be up and down. Yeah. Like critics will probably, again, yeah, critics will probably. Voted up high. I think a lot of Madden fans will be blinded by these these couple of editions mm-hmm. and be like, "Oh, this is phenomenal! This is the best Madden game in years." Which honestly, it probably will be the best Madden game in years. Well, just by just by the fact of what they're doing, yeah, compared exactly. to the other games, it's gonna these be the best Madden new game. Editions, this will be the best Madden. But game that bar is so year. low. But it's yeah, again, it's so low, especially coming off last year. I uh, mean, I, I would I would even say. Like at, at its core, I really do love this game, I and like, yeah, and I, I'm taking a massive shit out on the podcast, and I'm really venting here. Well, this yeah, has been a good, no, very I therapeutic mean, it's session. It's very personal to us because I mean, like, we've grown up on this game. I've I've owned I owned every single Madden from 2003 to 2019. That's 16 years that I was playing this game. It's the same thing that I'm seeing happen with like Pokemon. It's just they're getting lazy yeah. now, and like you just you see this stuff across the board. It's just like. You understand that they could be doing more, but they make the same amount of money anyway, so they just don't. Yeah. And now fans are a little more aware of that, and that's why you have Madden getting review bombed, and like mm-hmm. it's the worst ever. And we're getting these slow changes, and yeah, I, I, I guess it's a step in the right direction, but there's I guess so much more to go. I have a hard time even giving them that. Yeah. Because they're being forced to do it. Yeah. That's the whole thing. They're not doing this out of their own volition. They're doing yeah. this because they are backed into a corner. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's absolutely. it. So good, good on you, Matt. And I guess franchise looks a little better, but all right, whatever. Let's end this conversation. Uh, I, I mentioned it. I've owned every Madden from 03. I think you're probably right around the same ballpark. Oh, yeah, yeah. My brother would, would he bought the earlier ones, and then I really started getting in the year that um, McNabb was on the cover because the Eagles were my okay. my team at the time. Let's put our brains together. I think we can name every single Madden cover athlete since 2000. I'll throw 2002 in there because I'm pretty sure it was Eddie George. Well, you're gonna have to start with that because yeah. I, I don't know. So Eddie George was 02. 03 was Marshall Falk. 04 was Michael Vick. Mm-hmm. 05 was Ray Lewis. 06 was McNabb. McNabb. 07 was Sean Alexander. Sean Alexander. 08 was Vince Young. Yep. Greatest player of all time. Uh 09 was Brett Favre. It was Brett Favre, and they had a the version. Cover. They had a version where he was the Packers uniform because he was retired. Um, he was retired, and then they had a version that was re-released where he had a Jets uniform. Which was very uh, sick. Yeah. Uh 2010 was the first double cover cover athlete. They should have done that in Madden 20 because if they had like 10 years after Madden oh, 10, cool. they would could add two again. And this is the first time since then that they've yeah. done it. But Or just have Peyton Hills at Madden 22 for some reason. Yeah. And just this whole thing doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> Anyways, keep going. Uh, Troy Palomalu, Larry Fitzgerald, yes, double cover. Yes. Yep. Um, 2011. Drew, Drew Brees. Drew Brees, wow. 
Man, I totally forgot about that game. I can even tell great you. Great soundtrack on that game. That's what I remember. Excellent probably. soundtrack. I Also, uh, Ten had a great soundtrack as well. Yeah. It was really good. I, I could tell you just this is how much I've, I know these games. The Madden font changed in 2011. Yeah. It went from the normal font that it was to a like stencil graffiti kind of font. Like they, they uh-huh. changed it at an 11. I think it went for, I think it went till 14. I think they changed it back in 14. Weird. Uh, 12 was Peyton Hillis. Mm-hmm. 13 was. That had like a shiny cover too, I think. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Couple 13 games was did. Calvin, right? 13 was Calvin. And then 14, 14 was, was the. Sherman? No. That was 15. 14 was, it was, I think like that was actually called, Perry? it was called Madden, Madden 20, 25, 25 because yeah. it was their 25th, 25th anniversary. anniversary yeah. Barry Sanders was on the cover. I think AP was on the cover too, wasn't AP it? was on the cover of the version that they released for the, the next, next gen, gen consoles right. when That's they right. came out that year. Okay. So we got that one. Uh, 15 was Richard Sherman. Yes. I remember playing a lot of that one. That, that me too. That was one of the yeah. ones that I remember playing a lot of, because that, like, that was like the first full release for like ps4 like because yeah. like you you had the one with adrian peterson but it was kind of just a souped up version of that older game and then you get into the yeah. richard sherman one it's the first full-fledged ps4 game who was 16 i think that was odell i think i think you're right i'm pretty sure that's right these are where it starts to get a little murky for yeah. me yeah 17 i see i don't i don't remember I don't, I don't think I remember 17 or 18. 18 was Brady. We talked about yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. 18 was Brady. 19 was Antonio Brown. Maybe was OBJ was... No, OBJ was 16. Yeah, uh, who the heck right. was 17? Um, Man, that sucks that this is the only one that we can't get. It wasn't JJ Watt. He's never been a coach. No, no. We'll look up after the show or after the segment. But I think we have to, yeah. You keep listening to him off. I'll, I'll start to look it up. Well, we have 18, which was Brady, 19, which was Antonio Brown. 20, Mahomes. 20, Mahomes. 21, Lamar. Who the heck was 17? Because, yeah, I'm pretty sure OBJ. This is going to piss you off. Um, I I know who it is. All right, give me a hint. Offense or defense? Offense. Offense? Quarterback? No. So it's probably a running back? No. It's a wide receiver? No. What the fuck? It was Gronk. Oh, it was Gronk. Gronk. Oh, God. What a horrible cover athlete. That was back-to-back. The only two times it's happened in the franchise history, I think you had Calvin and Barry back-to-back same team cover athletes, and then you yeah. had Gronk and Brady, Brady back-to-back team athlete, same team cover athletes. Wow. How absurd. Let's end this dumpster fire yes, conversation. Please. <laughs> Let's go! All right, closing out the week. Um, very slow out of Lions minicamp recently. Haven't heard too much about it. Um, I'll tell you what uh, the NFL media is just adoring is Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. It's the new bromance. It new is offseason the new bromance, bromance out there in California. Um, Sean McVay's quote went around quite a bit this past week. Um, I've got it pulled up if you want okay. to read it. Get, lay it on me, please. Uh Bro, this dude's a mad mf'er. McVeigh told Breer, la- Albert Breer, laughing. Whatever people say about him, as good as it can be, he's even better than advertised. It makes sense to him. The guy's ability to see the game, his ability to draw on his experience, the feel that he has—it's pretty special and unique. And man, his feel for people, his authentic way of connecting with his teammates, his coaches—this guy—it's great being around him. That's a quote. 
I that's Matthew Stafford to a T. It it's it's a good summary of him. I feel like in yes, his time here for sure. Absolutely. Um, the word warrior wasn't used. So wow, that's that, that's, that's the only thing that's missing. Yes. I think. Yes. But uh, I feel like that is just going to be an ongoing thing, especially if they're good this year. He is just going to pop off in the media. I think a lot of people are already kind of like like he's the betting favorite for Dark Horse MVP and all yeah. this stuff and like this comeback player of the year kind of thing. Can you be a comeback player of the year if your team was just shitty and like you're on a new team? No, I don't think so. Then maybe he won't get that. I think one. there's a most improved player of the year, but I highly doubt he can get that at this point. Yeah, it's interesting to watch the bromance uh, kind of unfold here, and it's just more, more dirt thrown on golf, I feel like, unintentionally maybe. But... 100%. Unintentionally, and uh, it's also like, I don't know, it almost feels like dirt thrown at Detroit a little bit too. That's Well, that's the narrative I'm more scared of, is uh, is when Stafford potentially pops is off. lighting it up and he's pop, he pops off. And everybody just starts going, man, Detroit wasted this Oh, guy. yeah. Yeah. We already seen some of that in, in social media comments, and then God forbid the time comes where we draft another top quarterback prospect. Everyone's gonna be like, "They're gonna, gonna waste, waste his career. Yep. He's gonna yep. waste his career." Absolutely. So I'm I'm fully ready for for this chain of events to to unfold. Yeah. No, I'm not looking forward to it, but at the same time, I am. I really do hope that he has a phenomenal season. I'm rooting for him. Yeah. The podcast we've been we've been saying we're rooting for him, and we're gonna miss him. Uh, he's he's set up to succeed. It's funny. This is the Lions segment, and we're talking about a former Lion right yeah. now. But I think it i think it is a conversation that we're probably going to be having quite a bit here just because he was such a huge part of this team, and it's such like a huge franchise-altering move to, to move on. Yeah, it's like you, you have to kind of just watch and see where it's going to go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to watch. I'm not excited. If it does pan out really well for them, I'm not excited to see uh, McVeigh. I'm not excited to see him be so smug about it. He, I, I think he's definitely a super talented offensive mind, and he's like, I know people throw the word genius around a lot about it, and sure, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say that that's probably a pretty, a pretty good way to describe him. But like, he does seem like kind of a d bag, yeah, to me. I don't know, like, I'm I, starting to get that vibe too. He seems like a little bit of a douche. I don't know if I'd want to hang out with him. Maybe we just turn on everybody as soon as like, <laughs> they start relating back to us. I don't know. Because I mean, like uh, McVay was never really on my radar. Like, well, it's personal for us now, right? Yeah, it is one hundred percent. Like, you know, like they're talking about our guy, right? You know, like even though we traded him to L.A. so he can go have a better career, he's still, you know, like Detroit's guy. It's funny. It's, I feel like it's one of those things. You know, we probably had a shot at a point in time to hire that guy as our head coach, and probably. just didn't. And uh, if he were our head coach, we'd probably be pumping our fists in the air and loving life and yeah, everything like absolutely. that. Absolutely. Uh, but the fact that he's on the Rams and the fact that he has uh, our beloved Matthew the Stafford Justin for Fields like effect. <laughs> exactly. As soon as Justin Fields goes to the Bear, I hope that guy has a shit season. <laughs> well, let's let's flip it um, the opposite way. Yeah. We're gonna flip it to Jared Goff now because yeah. before we started the show, I was kind of just skimming headlines and some stuff to talk about. And and Sports Illustrated literally a couple minutes before we started recording posted some some quote from uh, from Brad Holmes essentially saying that he has never viewed Jared Goff as a bridge quarterback. And I think the narrative uh, around here is that's absolutely what he is. I would I would 100% agree with you. I think that everyone's yeah. kind of thinking this team's going to be kind of crappy for, for the two, next two years. Yeah. And w- if we're picking top three next year 
and you've got that kid from Oklahoma, whatever his name is, Spencer, Spencer, Rat- Spencer Rattler, Spencer I think. Rattler. Yeah, one of those guys sitting I there. I can't tell if that's a great name or a horrible name. So if he's sitting there, you know, is Jared Goff still the guy who's uh, not the bridge? I Personally, I, I think, once again, Brad Holmes is doing the ace GM thing here. He's just saying what he has to say. Yeah, I think that is what it comes down to. Because I know that it's tricky too, man, because the contract is so big now. It's like it's they re, it they restructured it a little bit too. too. But I think he's saying the right thing. I, I think you have to you have to hype him up. You have to again, we talk about it all the time on the show, give him a legit shot, see what you have with him, because mm-hmm. he could surprise people. Maybe. Who knows? Right. I, I mean he very well could. You never know. The way that we're building this team out, it really does seem like we have a shot at surprising some people. You want, you want to hear a couple little factoids that they listed in the same Sports Illustrated article with uh, this quote? Comparing him to Stafford. Compa- and I know it's it's kind of maybe a smoke it's, show yeah, a little bit. It's apples to oranges because the team that Goff had is not the team that Stafford had. Let me see if I can pull this up. Uh, maybe not. Fill the air time, Lucas. What 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 do you got? Uh, Al's going to pull up these stats, and it's basically cherry picking stats, uh, saying that Goff has a higher uh, quarterback percentage uh, or QBR uh, quarterback rating, and he's got more playoff wins, and he's got more wins, and he's got et cetera, et cetera. Cherry picking stats. It comes down to the fact that Goff played for the LA Rams, who have been an absolute powerhouse for the past four years majority part of his career and Stafford's played for the SOL Lions the same old Lions Lions here's the um here's the stats uh or little bullet points I guess from the article for your new Detroit Lions quarterback Jared Goff comparing him to Matthew Stafford uh Matthew Stafford's 33 Goff is 26 I don't see how that's a Uh, he's young sure he's younger okay uh spry it's more flexible Stafford has a career passer rating of 89.9. Goff has a career passer rating of 91.5. Okay, so not that much different. And Stafford's also had seven a more A much years. worse cast around him. A much him. worse cast with seven more years in the league. Although, I mean, he has had – Stafford's had some good receivers, though, because he had Calvin, he's he had, had he's Golden had Tate. phenomenal receivers. So Absolutely. He's got, he's got so he's had reason to put zero, up good numbers. Zero running game and – Literally one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Right, but but how about this? How about this? Okay. Stafford has been named to the Pro Bowl once in 12 NFL seasons. Goff has been named to the Pro Bowl twice in five seasons. That's because everybody hates Detroit. Oh, but how about this? (laughs) Stafford has a career record of 74-90-1 as a starter, losing record uh, in each of his past three seasons. Goff has a career record of 42-27 and as a starter and a winning record in each of his past four seasons. plummet. That will absolutely plummet now that he's playing for the Lions. Okay, but what about this? <laughs> Stafford has three postseason games in his own three. Goff has started six postseason games and has a 3-3 three and three record, not including last postseason's victory over the, uh, over the Seattle Seahawks when he played virtually the entire game. And he wasn't really – I think John Walford started that game. Some no-name chump that had absolutely no business starting The that guy game. who's getting Stafford's water bottle for him now yes. on, on the bench. The guy that will probably never see the field again. And the last one, this this one's good. Um, and, again, you know, like that one, it goes right back to 
It goes right back to freaking uh, it's the Lions versus the Rams. Here's here's the best one, I think. Stafford has never gotten his team past the first round of the playoffs. Goff took his team to the Super Bowl in the 2018 season. You know what else is really funny? Let's pull this stat out. Goff has one win in the playoffs where he went to the Super Bowl, and yet the win right before it, it should not have been a win. Yeah, I don't know what you're referring to on that one. You got to refresh my memory. It, the game against the New Orleans Saints. Oh, the Mikel uh, Roby yes, Coleman where it play. Was yeah, clearly pass interference. Oh yeah, that was and horrible. Then Stafford has a game where they should have won. The Cowboys game, but because of the bitch ass referee that picked that flag up, don't bleep bitch ass. I want that in the pod. All right, I'll leave it. That bitch ass referee picked the flag up, and that cost us to lose the game. And yeah. so, yeah, where's that stat, Sports Illustrated? I never saw my dad more angry at anything in my entire, like, life than he was after that Lions game. I don't blame him. He was, he was super that angry. Preposterous. No, I mean, all these, all these little factoids. I mean, yeah, it's, you, you phrased it perfectly. It's the Lions versus the Rams. It's yeah. not, these aren't equivalent. If you had Matthew Stafford on those Rams teams oh and Jared Goff on God. those Lions teams, uh, this would be off would be out of the league. He'd be have like Blake Bortles numbers probably yes. or something like that. Uh, Goff did have a, he had a really, really good year. I think in 2018, the year that went to the Super Bowl, yeah, though. Really, I mean, he had a great season. He had a phenomenal season. If we can just that capture system, that system was working to perfection. If we can just capture a little bit of that lightning in a bottle. Yeah. And, and really just like find out what was the special sauce there and like just replicate I think it. Surprise a lot of people. If we can do that. Good. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't have a great cast around him right now, though, so it's uh, it's looking like an uphill climb for him. Uh, again, Brad Holmes saying the right things here, mm-hmm. but these two are not. It's really not a fair comparison between their their accolades no, at this point no, in the NFL. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Well, we got one more uh, Lions. It's not even again. It's a former. It's a former. Lions personnel person here, but let's we, just talk on it for 50 seconds. Let's get it out on the air just because you know what? I, I want to bury this guy. It's it's an and it's a story, it's a couple weeks old too. But the Boston Globe had reported that there was a sense that Matt Patricia, our dear friend, uh, was legitimately is legitimately in line to be the successor of Bill Belichick in New England, like, like the next, not Josh McDaniels. Matt Patricia, rocket scientist Patricia, is is in lockstep right now to be the next head coach of the Patriots when Bill decides to leave or hang it up or whatever he's going to do. That's like going from Peyton Manning to Brock Osweiler. It's like it's like going from getting a premium sushi dinner at like a top rated sushi ha- like restaurant to getting Seven Eleven gas station sushi somewhere. I mean, I. Like it, it is like uh <laughs> it's like uh going to see Bruce Springsteen open for fish. <laughs> well okay, the I, they were talking about this on NFL radio a, a couple of weeks ago when I was driving around too, and they were and I think I talked about this on the pod previously too. That they were shower, they were still showering Matt Patricia with pay, like with praise. Yeah, so they were still being like, now he might not have worked out in Detroit, but he is a very smart man, and he's like, he is very he's smart. got a great great football mind. And I'm like, he, he went f- 
twenty something and like what was his record? His five record? What twenty? I don't know where you're getting twenty from. That guy <laughs> didn't sniff twenty. His record was horrible in three seasons, and horrible. he and he he destroyed this franchise. Oh yeah, sent it him back, and sent it back fifteen years. Him and Bob Quinn destroyed what was what yeah, foundation there was here. The ironic part being that he self-proclaimed thought that it needed to be fixed, and he to was going to do with. it. Yeah, to begin with. So, anyways, it's it's stupid. We're not going to talk about that man anymore on the show. We're, we just thought we'd bring it up, unless no, something really crazy happens. But uh, I don't know. It's a slow news week. I saw the article. I thought we'd talk about it. Yeah, and you know, it's always nice to kind of just you know bury somebody that kind of like bent us over a table. Bury someone who buried us. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like I, if that guy gets a head coaching job ever again in the NFL. I will be front row to watch that explosion happen. Hundred percent, dude. Yeah, that that'd be awesome. That'd be great. Would love to see it after after Bill Belichick builds that dynasty up to what it, what it is, just to watch that fathead ruin it all. Man, imagine if he actually was handed the keys to a, a dynasty team, like he was handed the keys to the Lions, and he and he rode that thing into the ground. Imagine oh, he was man. handed the keys to the New England Patriots, the yeah. most winning football team probably ever. I think yeah, I think you can make that argument that they are. I mean, historically, probably not, but they had the most Super Bowl wins of any franchise. So I don't know how you argue with that. You ready to close this thing out? Let's close it out. All right. All right. That's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you again for listening to this week's Gridiron Zeros podcast. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Gridiron Zeros. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Gridiron Zeros. Uh, anything you'd like to say to the fans, Al? Uh, I, how about a little tease? A little tease. Oh, what do you got? Uh, Lucas and I have been talking about adding some additional production value to the to the audio format of the show oh. here. So maybe next show, maybe the show after. We we haven't really worked it all out yet. We're uh, we're planning on adding a couple more fun little elements to the show. Like I think uh, it's Something really going to spice it up. Definitely, definitely, absolutely. It's going to add uh, lots of laughs, lots of uh, lots of drama. It's not another human. No, no other hosts. No, <laughs> God, no. We had a special guest every now and then, yeah. but. Um, no, we're gonna we're gonna soup some things up, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's gonna be I fun. am too. I, I'm gonna, I am going to fall in love with that. So stay tuned. That'll yeah. be good. All right. Thank you again. Uh, we'll catch you on the next one later.